Hey, and welcome to the second episode of this year's Rugby Report Card. Rugby is back, baby. And there was some awesome games this week. There was also some shit ones too. Oh, flower of Scotland, when will we see your light again? Sucked in, Richard. Yeah, sucked in, Richard. Gather the Scots. So hey, Jim, you right? hey, Jim, where, where were you sucks, bo- man. Where were you born, Jim? We've had this conversation before. Where are you born, Jim? Glasgow, mate. Did you do you actually have a red rose shirt, mate? Be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, two thousand and three. Yeah, uh, you do, the last mate. Good, yes. The last good year. Hey, mate, it was uh, more recent than the Wallabies. Anyway, uh, good to have that. Congratulations, Scotland. Four out of the uh, or five out, five out of the last six. Uh, Scotland definitely going through a purple patch. They got good systems in place. Um, yeah, England were good for 20 and shit for the 60. So uh, lots of growth for, for Borthwick to do. And I know there's a lot of chatter about is he the right guy, but we're not here to talk about six nations. We're here to talk about the uh, the Super Rugby. And with us, obviously, those dulcet tones of Mr. Raxworthy, but also, Blake, how are you, mate? We also heard you sucked in, but how are you? Yeah, good, mate, good. Um, I am enjoying the Six Nations. That doco has got me pretty excited for the Six Nations. And um, I'm sure you boys all saw Italy, France. God, I wish that kick went over. Oh, absolutely. But again, to your point before, it's nice that the Italians are uh, uh, are obviously way more competitive now. Um, in the and under-20s, getting up and getting a wing. Yeah, so times for, for rugby. And also, uh, well, one big thing you think about uh, uh, how France have declined without Dupont there, but how much he's ripping it in the sevens as well. What a player he is. So It is pretty astounding how talented he is. Mm. Like We already knew that. And then to know taking him out of France, how far they dropped, and putting him in sevens, how good he is. Yeah, just the natural um, transition has unbelievable. Yeah, it's incredible. We're waiting um, to see Hooper's debut in uh, LA, they're saying. Yeah, talking of the sevens, it was a pretty disappointing weekend for the men's sevens team this weekend. Obviously, yeah, I, lost did, a, I lost a bit of money on them. I won't uh, playing over up in, uh, up in Vancouver. D- disappointing for them. Uh, is this just a bump in the uh, um, on on the road, or is this a, a deeper issue? Are we just waiting for, as you said, Jim, waiting for Hooper to play, and then the savior will return? I don't know if Hooper's the type of player to uh, come and save the day, but um, look, man, there's just a lot, a lot of freakish talent on that circuit, and uh, the game's won and lost on a dime, you uh. know. So um, if you switch off for a minute, you pay for it. Mm. But kudos to the uh, to the women who continue to to uh, obviously show how good they are at the game and uh, the tournament for Catholic. Yeah, and uh, Maddie Lee by coming back and scoring a great try as well. I think it was so uh, just great performance from the girls. But Super Rugby boys, Giordano actually or the Doco? I watched the, no, I thought, the Doco well, we this week. To, well, I said Doco. I was talking Six Nations Doco, but the Wallaby documentary obviously dropped this week. So it's Doco's the, galore. It's Doco everywhere. It's good to see rugby catching up, though. I actually think um, to grow your game, you need a doco and a video game. Yeah, but it's late, you know. Uh, it show, is late. The show's come and gone. It's arrived. I told him, I told Hamish to do it last year. He didn't do it. He waited a year. I don't know why he did that, but it's too late now. You could have hired us. We would have got in there and edited the, something together. The, the damage is done. Can I just say, I've seen your work. Like, you sure you can do <laughs> yeah, it? I know. Good. Um, no, documentary dropped this week. Look, I, I'm look. You don't have to stop me from giving an opinion. I thought um, they played it very, Not very a short safe. one either. Yeah, exactly. They played it very, very safe with the documentary um, in terms of jumping into the players, 
and the profiles and that sort of, you know, give it from their perspective. Um, it was nice. It was good to see some insight. I think some of the players came off really, really well. Hooper's a professional. Alalatoa and Slipper, I think, came off really, really well. But it, 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 it was pretty safe. It didn't really, they weren't really allowed to share an opinion. They didn't say too much. They didn't delve too much. It was all pretty safe. And then I thought when it came to the season, they certainly, the documentary pushed the narrative that injuries was the biggest issue. Mm. Um, and I, I think whilst they obviously were a significant issue, I think they, they danced around selection um, and they danced around tactics and how horrific they were and how poor the coaching. So you sort of, it sort of required inference to watch it and go, oh my God, the assistant coaching staff are terrified of speaking up when Eddie Jones is speaking. That's a terrible environment. Oh my God, Eddie Jones is lying to them about Will Skelton. That's a terrible environment. Um, so I thought it held some punches there, um, which I, it was a little disappointing for me, but on the whole, good to see Australian media out there, getting people interested, getting people talking about the game. Um, but I thought it was a pretty safe documentary. I thought the one big takeaway from me was you could actually see the moment it all went wrong for Eddie. And that moment was 40 good minutes in Dunedin. I actually think he railroaded himself because he went with youth for that test because he was frustrated and they had, they played really well for 40 minutes. And to me, it reeked of a gambler. Who, who won once playing that hand or that, that game or whatever it was. And so he was just railroaded himself. I'm going to double down and I'm going to stick with it despite what the evidence is telling me. I actually think the 40 minutes of, of success in Dunedin was the worst thing that happened to the Wallabies last year when I watch it upon reflection. Because for me, that was the moment he decided he was going with this youth outfit and he was leaving... We've, we've covered it a hundred times in this podcast, 15 blokes that should have been at the world cup at home. Um, and I thought for me, that was a real revealing part of the podcast. what do you think, Rich? Yeah, look, I actually really enjoyed it. Cause I think I, I, it was nice to, to revisit it. Uh, but I think you're right. It was a bit, it was a bit bland in terms of controversy, but if you weren't a true rugby tragic, tragic, I thought it, it hit the right tone. It, it, it allowed you to buy into the characters, uh, which I think for sport, we all want to buy into that. You've got to, you've got to cling to something. And to your point, you know, Alan Alasawa came out, you know, awesome. You know, the way he spoke, how passionate he spoke, the way he talked about connection between it, you know, from a purist point of view, it's beautiful and something that you want to cling to and hope that that continues because to the, a lot of the, the, the noise from the World Cup was the fact that that connection wasn't present. So the fact is of what a difference he may have made, just as a one single man would have made difference, not only from his performance, but from a, the a part of the, uh, from a leadership point of view. But it also, the other thing that made was interesting was the fact that James Slipper does an MTL injury. And, uh, you know, he just puts the bias on it, strap it up, up, let's go again, you know, kind of stuff. That's a, that's a, that, it concerns me from a, from a welfare point of view also, you know, in terms of making sure that we look after the players moving well, forward. Whilst that was cool, it was very 1995. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, and that's why we've got to look after the, the welfare of our, the players. And when we talk about welfare of the players, we always knew that Eddie was a bit of a, you know, training sessions were intense, were hard, were, but just as she... Physically seeing it with through the through obviously the images that were portrayed just reminds me like 
What do you do, mate? This is also not the 1990s. This is like, we're in the 2020s here, guys. You know, we know about strength and conditioning. We know about recovery times. We know about the fact that um, we need to obviously taper to, to ensure that we peak at the right points. And the pure vision suggested that that was, that was obviously the wrong. It was crazy what was still happening. Yes, you want to train at a high intensity, but again, you've got to look after the players and the number of injuries, contact injuries and even the incidental ones with the, you know, connective tissue injuries that were as a result, clearly from the level of training that was occurring in that moment. So, so, um, there was a few things, but overall as a watch, it was an easy watch and it was a good thing to, to, to look back on and to remember, cause let's be honest, Australia sucks at the end, but it was just reminded of the lunacy of, of Eddie, just in regards to his press conferences, you know, stood there with his Akubra on like, what are you doing? It just reminded me of the. What are you doing, mate? Kind of. Kind I, of... I do think this is what was missing in the documentary because it had Turanui and Georgina Robinson and Peter Fitzsimons, and they're all excellent, did a great mm. job. But it, it lacked someone who isn't in the nest, mm. you know, whether that was a Tom Decent, um, you know, or someone like us to cut to and be like, oh, it was absolutely batshit crazy. What was Kemeny doing on the plane? Mm. Like, it, it, w- w- these training sessions were insane. Everyone, yeah. you would, like it lacked that cut through. And, and I think being a rugby person, you can watch it and go, what the fuck is going oh, on here? And but it would have been interesting. Sorry to interrupt yeah, you. It lacked that, that killer punch. It required sort of inference from the audience. It was a disaster of a year. It was interesting yeah. to see. And I'm so glad we got Schmidt. Jim, what, what are your big takeaways? Just sorry, well, just before I interrupt, Jim. Sorry, Jim. Just one thing. I would have liked to have them um, had a phone call with someone rather than Nick White at Parliament House. Like it was just so scripted you know him stood there he was always going to make us the squad seriously pick someone random follow someone else you know and then also the the blokes not getting called and blah 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 um that needed to be played out more absolutely insane that he didn't bother to ring the guys sorry i cut you off jim but i'm still upset thinking about it yeah yeah look great cinematography i thought some of the shots that they did at the training sessions were we're next level. Um, well scripted. Huge shame they missed out on the Screen Actors Guild Awards that just got passed. But, you know, it's always next year. Another shit season coming up, no doubt. <laughs> Can I just and say... I haven't just... watched it. You knew I haven't watched it. Why are you fucking asking my opinion? <laughs> <laughs> mm. Do you know no. what? Uh, this is my segue to reviewing the rounds. I actually watched the first episode, watched the second episode and the third one yesterday. Um it was actually, I, I got bored by the Rebels Brumbies game on, uh, on, on Friday night. And, um, I decided it was, it was better to watch the documentary than the second half of the rugby it was my decision. Uh, the correct one boys. Um, look, having one, both, I wouldn't miss a minute of either. I love rugby, oh. uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, that, that Brumbies Rebels game was about as inspiring as I couldn't think of a decent simile or metaphor there. I had to think whatever the least inspiring thing you could ever remember. It was, it was grim. There was, it was funerary in like just something real sad about the rebels playing in front of 16 people playing like shit. The Brumbies just going through the motions. It was, it was, it was, it was a dire atmospheric less game of rugby. It couldn't have happened at a worse time. A team clearly on the outer getting their asses spanked on opening night in front of no one. It felt so grim, mate. And I, was... even, I even felt um, the commentary, who, who I like, I like the Steam commenters, I think they're all fantastic, were 
They sounded bored, like they were borderline taking the piss. Like yeah, scored the first try of the season. It should have been, think about the first goal in Premier League for the season, or the first touchdown in the NFL, the, the way the commentary would carry on. Um, and actually, this is my thing I like most about Six Nations Docker, just the commentary was out of this world. And, and it was like, oh, tool's over. How about that? He's that was good. easy. <laughs> Soft yeah, try there. It was first try of the year, guys. Let's, let's get a little bit more excited. But it, it was just hard to be excited for. And even as a Brummies fan, I was very happy with how the Brummies played. They, they look like a rugby team. But, you know, just to to kick you while you're down. I'm like, oh, go the Brummies. They're going to be decent this year. And then you wake up the next day to read in the paper that they get They're out. Bonk. Do you know what was, do you know what was funny though before you, because I know it's been re- re- reported that they were going out, but they know someone came out the following day to name um, escapes me said that that's not going to happen. So let's hope it doesn't. But what made me laugh was the fact that the whole build up to that Rebels game was Matt Gibbon was did a little intro video and then they spoke to you on the pitch. This is us. We're going to shut up the noise. We're going to get on the pitch just by winning. This is what's going to happen. We're going to bring the, the fans back. Mate, you scored three points. Like, that's three. a bold claim. That's yeah. wild. To do that, that's, that's insane. That's not getting them back. No, it's really not. And let's be honest. The fact is that if you look at their stats, the, the Rebels had more possession. Um, in both in the first half, but they had um, more time spent in their opposition, in the opponent's half in the first and second half. It was just error central, you know, and just um, just so disappointing for the for the Rebels because, okay, you could argue they were going for tries. That's why they only scored three points. But you know what? The number of tackles that they missed, the number of times that they, as I say, gave away penalties or drop ball, just not good enough. And I think one of you said they looked like a shoot shield team, I think it was. They weren't that bad, but they were pretty close. That's the, that's on the coaches, man. They're just not getting their teams ready for opening night. Mm. Largely drop ball and whatnot. Yeah, they're shit, but these are the players. Like how much did they do that in the lead up? For them all to do it across the board as they did, to perform as poorly as they did across the board, man, there's some coaching questions. They just weren't ready. They weren't up for it. And they've got a, you know, an okay team on paper, the Rebels. But look, let's look at some positives. I thought um, the Brumbies juggernaut marches on, um, and that's you know without Pete Samo, it's the standard. Toa fit like you know, it wasn't good. Decide they marched on. I thought really exciting, and obviously everyone said this, but Charlie Kale was yeah, just incredible so. at number eight. Um, looks what a have, name. I like that name, man. CC, CC. You can't get better initials than CC, um, and Charlie is the first name. Um, absolutely barnstorming game, Charlie Kale. And I think he looks to have every skill set imaginable and happy to defend, tackle his guts out. And then he just outran the, the Rebels winger for that incredible try. I, I'm, mm-hmm. What a way to announce yourself. When their team was announced, I instantly looked at eight and was like, oh God, we're going to miss Samo. Who the mm. fuck is Charlie Kale? Mm. Um, and five minutes into the game, I was like, Charlie Kale, baby. Yeah, It's the, it's the, the thing game. in Australian rugby where... The loose forward's the sexiest position on the team. We've, we've got them for days, mate. We do. We do. And mm. they all pick it because, you know, it's the impressive one. It's the rock star position. Mm. Everyone loves it. There's a great body type for it out there. You see him rocking around the suburbs. It's a great position. You played uh, seven, You played seven, Jim, yeah? I played seven, of course, man. Did it for you the girls, Richard. Poorly. I did it for the girls. Um. No, I, I, I thought that was right. And Corey Tall on the wing, 
um, just pace, mate. It's it's really fun. It's bums on seats, mate. It's really exciting to watch. Pace is king, and and mm. and it yeah. is. I actually think in in modern contemporary rugby, it is so physical that mm. tries either come from five meters out, a big fellow just getting pushed over the line, or unstructured broken play. A return from a kick, a shit something. Like they really happen off well-structured center running a line anymore. Mm. Um, it's a winger getting half an inch and making a try. And I think when you look at the spring box, they've, they've gone that model for the last sort of decade. Yeah. Just someone lightning on the wing who if they get an inch, they're going to get five points. Mm. Rather than Australia's sort of being obsessed with getting a big body out there and having another ball carrier. Um, Corey Tool, I thought just continues to impress on the wing uh, and really excited to see his development. I did think when the Brumbies named their team, and I worry against Kiwi sides, the back line looks small. Mm. Everyone's a small body. I would uh, also, I would also add it. Tiny, Icky Tower's a small 13. Sapsford at 12, who I like. He's got a lot of skill. He's not a big 12. He's not a ball-carrying 12. And I look at Toa last year. He was great. I don't, on the bench, was a bit rough, but Saps would play great. They played well. They played really, really well. But I, I do worry against a big ball-carrying team. The issue with this is all the form players are under six foot. I don't know if that's true, but they're all small. Yeah. All yeah. the form ones who really put their hand up to get picks, it's a tiny back line. But, but maybe it's a testament that you need rugby players, not behemoths. Mm. But, be but a rugby player who is a behemoth going up against that wins. Exactly. Exactly. Sure. But, you know, maybe take the rugby play for now, you know. Um, I'd like to know both of your takes very quickly on the Brumbies. I know because we're going to move on, but just the, um, the composition of that, of that, uh, that front eight, the pack, um, just because you've got Tom Hooper, obviously who played second row at the weekend, who traditionally obviously is a flanker, uh, played six, he played seven, I think for the Wallabies. He one must of be Devo. Um, he's in the row. Obviously, you've got Pete Simo to come back. I know, obviously, you're doing no, no, a treat. on that. Oh, of course he is. Yeah, sorry. So what is that? What is the composition of that eight? You know, is just Hooper come into the six, seven, eight? Because uh, Ryan look good. Valentini, I think, has always looked better at six. Like, um, Yeah, what? I look, common sense at the start of the season tells me the rows, Swain, Neville, Frost competing for the row. Tom Hooper's got nothing to do with it. Tom Hooper's six, Valentini's eight. Rhyme is seven, um, but Charlie Cale has announced himself, but maybe he's the perfect foil on the bench. Mm. Um, good options, good problems to have. And, and I think similar problems up front too. They've got a very good front row to pick from as well. And Lundgren looks Hooper's a bit bigger. has got some work to do. It's Tom Hooper's position to put his stake in. I reckon he's on the outs. If you look at what's going on, form picks the team. Rhymer had a blinder. Cale, Valentini is the best player in the, in the country. Not to mention Samu. It's good. Good problem. I don't see him in the setup, which is why they probably the other Australian teams, and they won't have this issue. Yeah. Um, can I just say Lonergan uh, looked looked bigger? I think he's put on a uh, a bit of mass, good mass this this uh, uh, this off season as well. Interesting to see how he goes and whether he becomes the Wallaby two moving forward, as in Lachlan rather than uh, um, than Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. I was going to mention Ryan looked. Yeah, he uh, looked bigger too. Standing on the weekend mm. as well, um, mm. and I thought. Noah, hasn't he benefited from not being a part of Eddie's shit show? Um, not only did his stock rise by not being part of it, I think being in Toulon for a couple of months, he just looks more confident. 
Mm. Um, I know it's playing the Rebels. I won't get too carried away. That's the problem, but, eh? But he looked, he looked outstanding and he kicks his goals. Like if you think Carter Gordon fucking missed a couple of shockers on the weekend and, and you remember back to the Wallabies. Terrible. You've got to kick your goals. It, it is, unless you're picking a fullback or a winger who can kick. Look, um, I'm going to ask you, we, we have no evidence to support your claims, either of you, what you need to say, but Carter Gordon has gone kind of backwards. You know, remember that first time, the first season he burst on, he made lots of mistakes and we got, oh, then second season, he was like, this kid is shit hot. He is the future. And look, I want to make it clear. I still think he is outstanding rugby players. I feel like he's playing more with fear, whether it's just the fact is that there's a lack of talent around him, whether there's no Stacey Lilly or whoever it was around him. It just feels like he's, he's, he's um, you know, his natural instincts took over before and he was, uh, you know, it was either run or pass. It all looked a bit natural. Whereas didn't look that way um, the other day. I reckon he could be a little bit of victim to the whole idea where before no one was looking out for him. He Maybe. was always sticking his head out, but now given what he's gone through and the expectations thrown on his shoulder, people are looking through a different lens where it's, what is he doing? What is he doing? I think he's a little bit of a victim at that end. He's probably thinking like that too. Instead of just playing solid and picking his moments, he's now trying to create moments. You've hit the nail on the head entirely, right? And it is all Eddie's fault. If he was still the guy who played a minute or two off the bench, it would still be like, oh shit, he's red hot. The fact of the matter is he was thrown to the wolves. It would have stuffed his confidence and he's not there yet. He's 22 or 23. Mm, yeah. He can't manage a game and he can't manage a game on a pack that's getting smashed and a yeah. back and with literally no one outside him except Kellowan. The rest of them, mate, shouldn't be playing shoot shield. The rest of that rebels back line. Mm. Down the line, they suck. He's got time. Um, He's got he's time got in a no season. He's no options outside him. He's fine. He's a good rugby player. But the problem is because he's been juggernauted to the spotlight of the Wallabies, he's going to have this lens on him, spotlight on him all year. And mm. every time the Rebels don't win, it will be, oh, Carter Gordon's not what we thought. Mm. Um, I think he is. I think he's developing nicely. Yeah. He's just had a shit team and, and now has a spotlight on him, which he probably doesn't need or deserve. It, it can't be helping. Absolutely. Um, fuck you, Eddie. Mm. Talking about teams that uh, do and love the spotlight being placed on them, and for the absolute right reason, is the Chiefs and Crusaders. Like, I'm going to be honest, I only watched probably the last 20 minutes, but what a game that was. You know, to I open watched up the their... first half, so I watched it, and I was like, oh, Crusaders aren't the same old Crusaders. How oh, they came back, buddy. They and came. then I turned it off, and I looked at the score, and I was like, Jesus, I missed a good one. Yeah, Game of the round. Easy game of the round. I think you know what it could be, and it's one of those things where it's such a shame that it came so early because it could actually, other than the reverse fixture, it could end up being the game, one of the games of the tournament because the the quality that was in there, you know, the the use of the rules, you know, that Damian McKenzie try, the fact is, you know, as soon as he moves ten meters, gets everyone back on side, it allows the factors to get players more in space, um, you know, and it was just a beautiful, uh, fast flowing, quick game. You know, we talk about playing rugby the right way. There's many ways to skin a cat, but uh, I think it was a, it was a, it was a wonderful watch. Is this the entertainment? It was a great game. And the skill sets from all the, all the players were very high. Yeah, they were ready. Coaches right. had ready. those boys ready. And just what a fucking product, man. Didn't, it's mm-hmm. just out. It's outstanding. Like I, I had a bit, of, I was a bit dubious going into the round about how I'd feel about it. Rugby coming back. It broke my heart last year. How am I going to react to this? And the three games that I actually sat down and put my heart and soul into were the Chiefs, 
Crusaders, the Tars and the Reds, and then that Moana Pacifica um, up against the Highlanders, which was a fucking outstanding fixture as well. Those you, you three picked, games. Oh, mate, were those brilliant. three were all, they were the belters. You, you picked the Tars Red game is outstanding. I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking about that. Um, I enjoyed every minute of that game. Well, let's just go through very quickly because that's the game that I think all of us have probably watched to the highest degree next time. Uh, Force uh, Hurricanes, I'm going to say very quickly, I switched off after the uh, halftime of the Rebels-Brumbies games. I've read the report. Uh, I really worry about the Force. I thought they were going to, you know, the Canes are a good team, don't get me wrong, but I really, really worry about the Force um, and how their season's going to pan out because to lose by 30 in that first game, um, really disappointing. Yeah. We keep hearing things about the Force. But we never see anything from them. I feel sorry for them. They've got an injury to three props, two second rowers, including their captain. That's your entire type five. Mm. Um, and I think they were a team that needed literally their full strength side every single week to be remotely competitive. Yeah, but uh, when you miss when you miss forty tackles, 40 no, no. But tackles. you look at their team on the weekend. Um, other than Nick White. Hey, don't forget Ben Donaldson, number two fly off in Australia. Honestly, <laughs> Nick White and, and maybe Tia Tia. Oh. The other boat should be playing club rugby. Hamish Stewart, we've talked about him in the past, and Donaldson, we've yeah. talked about him in the past, Wells yeah. and Tizano. Well, if, you think you had, if you got a super rugby team that could win the con, those players can't make the 23. No, maybe. But come on, we're not talking about making the cob. We're talking about making the eight. That's a step forward for the force. Yeah, but if you want me to watch and be interested, I've got to think they're competitive. And, and they literally named a team with with two blokes who could make another Super Rugby team: mm. Nick White and Tia Tia, and they're both too old. Mm. Um, it, 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 that one got me down more than any because it was the first Australia versus Kiwi game. I watched it and I just thought, oh, here we go, another season of. Brumbies will beat one Kiwi team in one game, make a semi because the comp's rigged, and everyone else will just get pumped week in, week out. It, it left me, don't get me wrong, Tars Reds brought me back up, but the, the force game left me super depressed. But they've got a lot of injuries. I think a full strength force um, could have built something to be in the top eight. A force with injuries is is a poor Ramwick side. The well, evidence shows what you just said about how the course is the course of the comp. I mean, it might ring true that. And if it does, mate, it's tough to get up for, isn't it? You've got to have some skin in the game. Absolutely. Uh, moving on, Blues, uh, Drua. Obviously, the Blues ended up winning at 34 10. Um, just the Blues are a very good team. They've got a number of players that are still obviously there, they obviously want to pull on the all black jersey. So, interested to see how they get on this year. But, um, Read obviously read articles, but didn't actually watch the, the full highlights. But um, you look at their team; their their pack is a strong pack. Even their their uh, their backs very clinical. Look at that back three is is outstanding. So high hopes for the Blues this year. Now, Caleb Clark excites me. He's a bit down about ten kilos. He looks mm -hmm. like he's had a very serious off season. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to do some damage. I think of all the Kiwi teams, they've retained their squad quite well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to be a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jim, I didn't watch the next one, but you said you did. The Highlanders, a Pacifica game. Thoughts down at Forsyth's bar. Look, it wasn't, it wasn't in the bag until the very end, and they scored one of the tries of the season. No doubt that you've seen so the highlights good, of that. That try was so good. Sam Gilbert in the corner. Loved it. They, 
they were right in the mix of it. And um, look, Julian Savia, the bus, he played a good hand in their form in this game. And that look, it, it was a bit hit and miss in terms of the the. What, how many times did the, the lead change? Maybe three or four. Um, but yeah, look, Minor Pacific are a team here. Uh, they're one that will challenge an Australian outfit, definitely, because there's a lot of fight there. There's a lot of aggression. Um, they were just unlucky to get away with this one. A few freak Kiwi players pulling it across for them. I think this one of the times where a bit, and I'm not, sounds like I'm comparing and I'm in a way, I suppose. But Pacifica kind of like Italy in the Six Nations this year. In previous years, Pacifica haven't been that competitive, but maybe this year, even I know they ended up losing by 14 points, but maybe this is the year where they do become and they get a few extra uh, Ws uh, and they become more competitive. Pacifica Just settle down a bit. The Highlanders are pretty shit. They don't have the strongest team you've ever seen on paper, but there's talent. They suck. They suck. All right. We'll see how the Highlanders get on uh, next week against the Blues. We'll see how they do. All right, get, yeah, no, no. no. Um, Reds Waratahs, uh, interesting game. Lots of ebbs and flows. Lots of really good points. Um, lots of things that both teams need to work on. And I think we we looked at the fact that it was um, you know getting the teams ready. Very humid day, so there's a, maybe a little bit of an excuse for the the amount of drop ball. But um, we can come back to to things that they need to work on as a spectacle for me because of the closest of the game is one of the better spectacles because you're on the edge of your seats a little bit more. Um, and I don't think the 18-point differential between the two teams was a reflection of the difference of the gap between the two teams. I think it ended yeah. up tur- it ended up turning on a few key decisions, which we'll, we'll get to. But I thought 18 points was was a little bit harsh. But you don't I think, agree. No, I, I thought the Reds were pretty well in control. And the Tars had an intercept try hmm. against a runner play and another one against a runner play. Um, I love the game. It was absolutely outstanding. Um, but... Um, the Reds for me were pretty consistently the better team. Uh, and I just think, God, you can tell Kiss is coaching them, not Thorn. Mm. They look like they know how to play rugby now. Um, and they look like guys are in position that they should be in um, and know their job and know their role. Um, I thought it, as if you were a Reds fan, I think this would feel really good to watch it and think, all right, there is there is this semblance here of, of structure and building towards something. They did the job for me. They did it pretty convincingly. Um, and a few blokes absolutely stood out. Um, and uh, the Harry Wilson I'd throw to there, um, just how dominant he is as a ball carrying number eight, absolutely killed it. I, I, I thought the Reds were great. Um, I thought the Tars weren't too shabby given their current toll of injuries. Um, and then, uh, for Ketty, Going out just before the game, I think it's obviously going to rock that back line. Walton moving from 15 to 12. Jorgensen having to play a whole game, a little bit underdone. Um, I think they're up against it. They did okay, but they 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 look a bit off the mark, though, the Tars for me. But I, I find you, it what hard to buy into the whole, like, bit underdone. He hasn't had many minutes, Jorgensen. But it's your job to get ready, mate. It's your job to get ready for the start of the... Oh, I thought he, oh, for what it's worth, I thought Jorgensen was sensational. He's just coming back from a major surgery. But even the, even the point to the injuries, right? You knew they were going to be out and injured. You've got your whole preseason and shit to make do. I just really struggle with injuries as an excuse for poor performance at this point of the comp. Yeah. And look, Australian teams have been leaning on it for a while. Yeah, to your point though, what injuries does mean is there's a huge drop in caliber mm. and they don't have those numbers. 
Can I ask Jim, what were your thoughts on? Because you've obviously played the position. I definitely haven't. Isn't scrum, the scrum? The sexy seven. Oh, absolutely. No, uh, the scrub off McDermott. Um, it was clear from me that the Reds wanted to play off nine more than what they have done before. And he was crabbing a lot off to try and challenge the, the post defender to try and draw them in. Um, do you like that option? Um, or do you want to, would you like him to, to deliver the ball quicker to get the, so liner tech is able to take it flatter. Cause I thought that was a bit of an issue. Look, if I was coaching the team in the lead up to this, Tate McDermott, he's the doubted King. He's the touted King. Mike Liner's coming in, not very much experience. You want McDermott calling all the shots. You want him controlling and reading it as he sees it. Um, so if he was, if uh, we know him to crab, we know mm. him to be a bit slow with the pass and off the deck and. He can make some really good decisions and then he can be a bit slow to make the others. But I think this style of play is what they'd practiced. It worked for the large part. I just don't know if this is what we really want to be running on a national level. Um, and he's the one that everyone's looking to at the moment. But we'll, we'll see how they go, you know. I That's, loved it. Um, he's, he's your skipper. He's your wallaby nine. Um, he's a very good rugby player. And Liner's young and very, very good. I think if he can play... A little bit deep liner, uh, Paisami will get him over the ad line whenever you need him over the ad line. God, Paisami's in the form. Um, and liner kicks well, but take the pressure off him for now. Yeah. Uh, because I think their season is contingent on finding, picking and sticking a 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think obviously McLaughlin Phillips, just give him a couple of minutes here, a couple of minutes mm-hmm. there, a couple of minutes here. Um, and I like the idea of James O'Connor steering the ship maybe from the bench. I'm worried about O'Connor returning. And changing the structures. Look, uh, I, 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 I just get a bit of Michael Hooper with the point I made last week where it's like, man, we're ready to move on. And you're just kind of keeping us in the old guard a bit. I feel bad saying it, but he sort of represents a lot in that team. There's a lot of respect for him. And maybe they'll grow more, like play more to themselves if he's not around. Just think depth matters in a long yeah. season. Well, if he's, coach, if he's on the bench, I'm in. Yeah. I think with the Reds as well, just to build on, I'd love to know your point, uh, what are your thoughts on that back line? Because um, I, I agree that you've got to play off now because he's so young. Um, I know Tate McDermott makes some mistakes sometimes, you know, but again, there's positives outweigh the negatives. I even like the midfield um, combination of Pasami and Flute. Uh, I think they both uh, defend really well. And I think there's a the element of creativity and get over the, the, the game line. My concern is the back three. Uh, Jordan Pataya is a, is a freak. He's got talent for days, but makes a shitload of mistakes. Runavalo, I just don't know what he does on the pitch half the time. And even Greeley on the side. I don't know whether that, that, that back three lacks the, the killer edge or the quality to, to really compete in the upper echelons of the, of the competition. Um, no, man, I, I agree with Vinavalo. Just run fast, mate. I just, he always looks like he's jogging. But I still think... Vunavalu just needs 10 rounds in a row in one position, run on. Yeah. Uh, and we will eventually see his potential. I think Air Jordan has as much potential as anyone in Australian rugby. And it's been a long time waiting, but the poor bloke has not. I agree, by the way. When was the last time he had five games in the one position? Mm. Uh, I think if you see him as a 15, you've got to pick and let him keep playing there. I am sick of him making three errors a game, though. And I actually thought that's what impressed me so much about Jorgensen. He's, what, 19 years old? And he's obviously a, a superstar. That goes without saying. But you expect to see errors. He just yeah. always makes the right decision. 
Whereas Pattaya and, and Wright for that as well at the Brumbies just love an error. They're, they're good for one and a half. Um, and I just think they need to get it out of their game. And, and Pattaya will only get there by having minutes. Right. Um, I, I'm big on Greeley, but I, I, I don't know if he's a winger. I think no, he's I don't a think he is. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I don't know, you know, the common sense is, okay, go Jock Campbell wing, Pataro and Vinavalo on the sting. But I think if they're seeing Pataro as a long-term 15, you've got to pick and stick. Um, and, I, and I think he will eventually deliver. Um, it's probably about working out your number 11 because um, I love that center pairing of Paisami and Fluke. Um, how good is Hunter Paisami playing at the moment? Him and Paisami is absolutely salivating to watch those folks line each other up. To the Pattaya point, um, I know he's, oh, fuck, I feel like we've been saying he needs to play in a position consistently for years. Yeah, we have. Um, mate, I, it could be the case of freak athlete, but he's positionless. There is nowhere for him, which, you know, speaks to the sport that we have. There are specified positions. You just can't be an absolute weapon athlete and translate to an outstanding rugby player. He stands out on the field because ball in hand always looks threatening. But, but I, I think so let's take that. that. That makes me think that like my brain says Rico Ioani. And I think the difference is New Zealand saw that. We've got this absolute freak specimen athlete. So they put him in sevens to upskill him. And then they bled him in from the wing to outside center. And it has been this slow, natural transition to outstanding outside center. Whereas Pattaya... We've just rushed him in and said, well, center, wing, fullback, what do you reckon? Mm. Bench. Um, and it, it, you're right, but we just, I think 15, there's something there. Just stick with it. Um, I tell you what, and this was even the commentators were bringing up in terms of Daryl Coleman, coach of the Tars. That was a team who was playing with a little bit of passion. Despite getting done by 18 points and never really being in control, they were playing with intent. They were playing with purpose. It's, this stage, mate, with the, with the stock they've got, do you expect more from Coleman at this point? Is there someone, the point I'm making is in four games when they make a decision whether he stays or not, or I just don't think the answer is sitting in the wings for someone to come on in. Michael I think Checker. He won't yeah. take it. Why would you, why would you pick would, up this stick? I reckon he would come back, live in Sydney. But no, um, yeah. I, 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 I actually think the only answer is to stick with Coleman. The, the sort of floor of Australian rugby has been throw the coach out and restart. Um, I think you just need to let it run its course um, and give him the entire season and back him for the entire season. However, do I think that will happen? No, I don't. You reckon he's gone? Um, I think so. And, and I've just... I've heard, and other people I'm sure have heard it too, that he might not have the change room. Mm. Um, and is a bit of an old fella. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's any truth to that at all. But to me, pick and stick, stick with Coleman makes perfect sense, even if he isn't delivering just yet. Um, he had a bad year last year, but his first two years in the job were quite good. Um, oh, you need the change room, that. You need the change room. I don't know if there's any any truth to that but you, you know you hear things um you can't thing i know mate it's the change room and you need it and, and you know what there is there's no smoke without fire let's be honest you can't fire a guy after four four rounds if there's not an underlying reason that doesn't want to be made clear to everyone so again 
I worry because at the beginning we all praised and we all eulogized about how great a job he's done. Last year was a bit iffy. I hope it's not the decline because you're um, saying there's smoke in the change room. Yeah, there is. Heard it here first. I tell you what, though, I don't hate the idea of Australian Super Rugby teams being coached by Les Kiss, Bernie Larkham, and Michael Checker, mm. like some high quality coaches in our provincial rugby. Mm. Yeah, could be Steam Richard. Could be, could be, could be. Um, Tiles were dis- the Tiles were disappointing, and they're in some trouble. Man, yeah, I told man. you how their season's going to go last week. You want me to go through it again? No, there's no need, but. Did anyone else get the feeling every time Nwanginitua say did something sick, you were just like, ah, oh, fuck. Can I just say, how big did that guy look? He's put on a good 10 kilos. It, I, know you, that's in it. I know that's probably not accurate, but it just looks so much bigger. Man, yeah. you've made a lot of comments on there, Mass. Good observation, Richard. Can I just say, well done for saying Mass and not way. Very impressive, sir. Very impressive. Um, well, we've been talking Battle of the Tens, Carter Corden, Noah Lollasio. We spoke about lineups. And so it's the exciting position in Australian rugby this year to watch that narrative play out. Didn't say much about Donaldson, did we? No, we'll get to that. Um, but Edmed, just, I can't wait for Will Harrison to be fit. Oh, mate, didn't they start with him last year? They did the same four games with Edmed. What more of a start do you want? Here it is again. What are you going to do, mate? It's a bit rough. It's like Fricchetti just pulled out just before it. I don't know, but I just want him to deliver Edmed. He looks to have the skills. Yeah. Well, he's, it's similar to Tate, you know, everything runs off Gordon. Mm. Yeah. Maybe that's to his detriment. I'm actually looking forward to, um, Teddy Wilson getting a lot of minutes this year, mm. um, for Gordon, for when he can, I, I've got such big raps on Teddy Wilson. And I think that's the, the tiles can definitely build around him, but I don't want to rush it. It's Jake Gordon's Jersey. Um, but I'd like to see him get, you know, 20 minutes here, 25 minutes there and, and really build into next season. Yeah, there's no way he gets a starting spot this year. I'm actually looking oh, forward to, I'm actually just lastly about Tiles. I'm looking forward to seeing how they progress because obviously we know they're going to lose next week because we've, we've talked about it. Crusaders down at Melbourne for the Super Round, aka not what Super a joke. Round. Um, but then it's the first home game up at Alliance against the Highlanders. You know, Blake's already just said that the Highlanders suck. So hey, we're going to that, aren't we? Yeah, we yeah, are. Yeah. We'll be there. We will. Um, so looking forward to seeing how the tires grow, because as I've seen, because there are some issues surrounding it, but as your, as your point last week, like there's a lot of good players. So let's see how they grow. Cause it's not, not a great start, but, um, do you want to project it forward to next week in the, yeah, still, the super, not so super round Highlanders blues? No. Well, can we just talk about that for a second? What a balls up to be having a super round in Melbourne. Like it's, it's legitimately comical. I yes, just, it's, it's the it, antithesis of the word super. Let's be honest. It's the average round. Yes. It's so grim. It's, Have you seen the prime time Friday night prime time game? Oh, Rebels force. Let's go, oh, baby. Let's get out. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, God. Rebels force. I watched the Docker again. All right. Islanders, Islanders Blues in the first round of the super round. Blake, who you got? Islanders Blues. Highlanders, Blues, uh, Blues, Murder. Go, Jim. I'm not going to go Murder, um, but I'll go Blues. Okay, can I just also, this, this, this is going to make me show my age. Seriously, 10 past 8 kickoff time for Rebels Force. Like, oh, seriously. Mate, I forgot all about it until the time between on the Saturday night before the Tars kicked off. You're like, what are they doing, man? I, I couldn't. It's, it's 50 minutes. Oh, it's 
And and I was watching um But mate, the first game kicks off and... at, the first game kicks off at six o'clock. What are we doing for four hours, ten minutes in between the two games? Like from the start Imagine of the game. If you were there, you'd be paralytic. Like, literally, you finish the first game's finishes finishes like oh anyway. There we go. Um no, I, I it caught me on Saturday night. By the end of the game. The Kiwi there's a Netflix doco about this weirdo in New Zealand. Anyway, oh, seven, yeah. seven thirty. And then I was like, what's going on? They're still warming up. And then I had to go back and watch it. And by the time it was eight o'clock, I was in the world of this weirdo. By the way, there is only, there is only two hours, 10 minutes between the uh, start of the two games. But anyway, it's still, a, it's still 10 past eight is still way too long. But anyway. Mr. Uh, Morgan, anyone seen it? Yeah, I watched a bit of it. Yeah. How strange is it? Yeah, it's odd. It's odd. So anyway, anyway, Pacifica Drua, what a game. Five o'clock at Amy Park. That's hey, we cool. did, did we do Rebels Force? Oh, no. Sorry. It was such an insignificant. Sorry. I moved on. Uh, Rebels Force. Blake. Okay. You... Enough said. Jim. I'm going to go to the Rebels. Yeah, they're going to get it together. I just think Taniello Tupo plays enough minutes. He's the only decent rugby player on either team. You're going to get it done. Yeah. I'll go Rebels too. Come on, Jim. Jeez. Go to the Force just to be different. Yeah. I go on Force here, man. Okay. I know you're into the tipping competition, Jim. I know you're fully invested. <laughs> so. Uh, Pacific, uh, all about that point of difference. Yeah. Pacifica. I'm going to go with Pacifica. Let's go. Yeah. yeah me yep. too. Crusaders, Warriors, Crusaders by a lot. Remember when, this, remember when this needed to be at Homebush? Because the FSS wasn't big enough. The where? Where was it? City Football Stadium. <laughs> the SSS. Is that what I mean, teaching Nazi Germany all day. Um, I, like there was that big of an occasion you had to get a home bush for it. Now it's in Melbourne and the Crusaders will do it in a canter. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it'll, be a home, it'll be a home game for them. Well, it is actually. So, uh, Chiefs, Brumbies, here we go. That's a game of the round. That's a game of the round, boys. Yeah. So you, we're all going Chiefs. Excellent. Next no, one. Brumbies. Brumbies. No, I'm going Chiefs. And then finish this off. Hurricanes, Reds. Reds. Um, Let's kiss, mate, I believe. I don't. Hurricanes, it is. Um, so, Jim. Oh, you know what? It, 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 this is a pretty definitive round for me. It's in Australia. Every single Australian team that matters is playing Kiwi side. Um, I love what you've done there. Just to, ref just to confirm that, <laughs> Rebels and Force fans, you don't matter according to Blake. Um, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> just joshing, fellas. Um, if it is 0-3, It'll be a fun podcast next podcast. It'll be so deflating if it's Owen Three. I think you need to prep yourself, man. Well, I mean Owen Three's paying dollar ten. So Well they expect three and oh man, I will do the podcast next week, Starkers. Okay, let's all get out. let's hope for the uh for the Don't we do that every week? <laughs> well you don't have your camera, Jim. I can't see it. I put it on, Jim. That's <laughs> uh, good. Good, good. All right. Thanks, boys. Uh, let's hope uh, the, uh, the Australian teams get up, not only to because we want to see them win, but then, you know, we'll leave it at that. The Waratahs hopefully will win. Brumbies win. Reds win. And Melbourne and uh, Force, as we know, don't care. Anyway. And if we sounded a bit miserable today, I did mean to. I really enjoyed the rugby on the weekend. I loved having it back on TV, and I cannot wait for it this weekend. Prove it. Go down Amy Park, mate. Prove it. What? Mate, it'd be too lonely. 
if someone wants to sponsor Blake to uh, fly him down there, just so he can sit on his own, then uh, please let us know. Nah, but if you're in the area, dude, do yourself a favor. Yeah, if no, you live down there, get please. down to Amy Park. Get down. Enjoy the road to yourself. All right. Um, <laughs> thanks, guys. Enjoy your week. I'll catch up next week. Thanks. Bro.